You know, as he was, really has nothing to do with what I'm going to speak at, finish today, but one of the things that's been grieving my heart that the enemy is doing is he's trying to take Christians' focus off the author and the finisher of our faith. It's a distraction to get you off. And the spirit of Antichrist, anti means against Christ. And he spoke to my heart, anything that takes your focus off the author and the finisher of your faith is a spirit of Antichrist. You add anything to what he's done, you take anything away from what he's done, it's a spirit of Antichrist leading you into deception. Your focus has to be on the author and the finisher. And you know, you look at the book of Revelation. A revelation of what? A revelation of Jesus Christ. And the last thing it says in that, if you add anything to it, and if you take anything away, it's a serious thing. And if if my heart's grieved over anything, it's how subtly I see even Christians being pulled away, being deceived and pulled away from their focus on Christ. Amen? So that's just extra. All right, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said, he said to the disciples, he said, because I'm telling you that I'm leaving you, sorrow has filled your heart. But I tell you, it's expedient for you that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. It's to your advantage. It's better for you that I leave and he come. You'll be a lot better off with me there and him here. He's trying to tell us the Holy Spirit is the focus of what we are because he said he'll take the things of mine and show it unto you. Everything the Father has is mine, therefore he'll take of mine and show it unto you. And he is the Spirit of truth and he'll lead and guide you into all truth. And 1 John said, you receive the anointing and you know all things. And you need not that any man teach you, but that same anointing teaches you all things, and in him is truth. He is the way, the truth, and the life. And the Holy Spirit has come for us to be see the full truth as it is. And anytime you resist the Holy Spirit, or you grieve the Holy Spirit, the teacher, you're shutting yourself away from the teacher that wants to bring you into all truth. He's a much... A, part of the threefold gospel, the Trinity, as the Father and the Son. I know many people have played the Holy Spirit down, but Jesus said that he has come to take his place. Now, that's not only that part, but Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. I will come to you. What happened? He came in the form of the Holy Spirit. You've seen the Father, you've seen me. You've seen the Holy Spirit. You've seen the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're all three and they're all one. But the church as such was founded on the day of Pentecost was the opening of the manifestation of the new covenant. That's when it started. Right there. And so it's so we need to see why it's so important for us to understand the Holy Spirit. And that's why, you know, we've talked about exchange and the message is exchange. It's not about you. Change doesn't work. But exchange does. And here's, Derek Prince wrote this. 
Jesus was punished that we might be forgiven. Jesus was wounded that we might be healed. Jesus was made sin with our sinfulness that we might be made righteous with his righteousness. Jesus died our death that we might share his life. Jesus was made a curse that we might receive the blessings. Jesus endured poverty that we might share his abundance. Jesus bore our shame that we might share his glory. Jesus endured our rejection that he may make us accepted in the beloved. Ephesians 1.6 Our old man died with Jesus that the new man might live in us. Those are called the nine exchanges. But I want to tell you number 10. Number 10, Jesus said, I'm going to exchange my person for the person of the Holy Spirit. That's his last great exchange. And he sat down seated at the right hand of the Father. And he received the promise of the Spirit that he gave on the day of Pentecost. And you see, that's why it's so important for us to understand the Holy Spirit. He, has, he's, he doesn't draw attention to himself. All, everything he does is to glorify the Father. In Genesis, you see that God thought it, Jesus spoke it, the Holy Spirit created it. All three was in the process of creating everything and still does. Jesus said, I don't do anything except by the Holy Spirit. They accused Jesus of casting out devils by Beelzebub, and he said, if I, by the Holy Ghost, cast out devils, the kingdom has come. What? The kingdom has come. Everything Jesus did was by the Holy Spirit. He didn't start anything until the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, and the Holy Spirit took him into the wilderness to be attempted 40 days of the devil. Amen? Amen. So he, he knew it was the Holy Spirit that was directing everything he was doing, and, and that's the same Holy Spirit that we have in us. Jesus said, greater works will you do because I go to the Father. Why? Because I'm going to send the Holy Spirit. And he's going to do multiple things. He said, you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And you'll be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, Judea, and all the uttermost part of the earth. The Holy Spirit is an active agent of the Godhead. He inspired the men of the Old Testament. You can look many times. The, the guy that built the, uh, the, covenant, the Ark of the Covenant. I can't even pronounce his name. Bezazil, something like that. And he says, the Spirit of the Lord I have put within him, and he will build all the furniture for the tabernacle. Everything that was done, he said, I have filled with him the spirit of wisdom, understanding. Exodus 31, 2 and 3, if you want to look at it. With wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, and all manner of workmanship. He was the first man, the word says, was filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so the Holy Spirit's been active. He didn't just show up on that Pentecost. He's been active. Deuteronomy 34 says, Joshua the son of Nun was filled with the Holy Spirit of wisdom because Moses had laid his hands upon him. Gideon was hiding in fear for his life and the Holy Spirit came upon him and he blew the trumpet, scared him to death. <laughs> he didn't know what, what happened. Second Peter 1, verse 21 says, Prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. What Peter said was, we saw him on the Mount of Transfiguration. And we saw what he did, but we have a more sure word than what we saw. For holy men of God spake and moved by the Holy Ghost. The words that we have 
are inspired of the Holy Spirit. You have a more sure word than what we saw, is what they were saying. Every true prophet of God in the Old Testament served God by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Everything we do is by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. John said, I baptize you with water, but he that comes after me will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. The fire is important because the Holy Ghost is here to burn up all the things in our lives. How many think there's still some things maybe that fire needs to burn up? A few things. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. When he, the Spirit, has come, he says, he'll reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, of judgment, of sin, the sin of unbelief of righteousness, because you're as righteous as you're ever going to get if you'll listen to the Holy Spirit. It's like what Marion said a while ago. How do you get that? By inspiration of the Holy Spirit. You're as righteous as you'll ever be. Because God made him to be sin who knew no sin, that we might be made the very righteousness of God in him. Doesn't get any better. And of judgment, because what? The prince of this world has already been judged. He's trying to tell you that you're more than conquerors. He's trying to tell you you have authority and power over all the works of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Holy Spirit's trying to tell you who you are. You want to know who your identity is? As he is, so are you in this present world. Man, dilly dilly, I think I'll have a drink. Mm. That's good. Jesus said he's the living water. Can you imagine if this water tastes that good, what the living water sees? Oh, come on. Because mm. this spake he of the Holy Ghost that they that believe into him should receive. Because Jesus is glorified and the Holy Spirit is here. Acts 10, 38. Peter says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good, healing all that was oppressed of the devil for God was with him. Why was Jesus here? To deal with the devil. You know, in Hebrews 2, but I don't know what, about verse 38, I think, it's, it talks about him. He didn't take upon himself the nature of angels, but he took upon himself the form of man. That he might, what? Destroy him, the devil, that hath the power of death, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. You know, there's no fear of death in the new man. There's no fear of anything. Because God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. Give me an amen. amen. Whew. Acts 1 starts out in verse 1. It says, Luke started with the words until the day in which he was taken up. After that, that he through the Holy Ghost had given commandments. After he had been taken up, he through the Holy Ghost gave commandments to us. Why? He sat down. He said, it's finished. His part was finished. He through the, gave commandments to the apostle whom he has chosen. Luke was speaking about the ministry during the 40 days between his resurrection and his ascension. Jesus is a pattern for total dependence upon the work of the Holy Spirit in your life. He told the disciples, do not do anything until you go and wait until you be endued with power from on high. Now there was the disciples all hiding for fear of being killed, except John. Amen? Now, what happened on the day of Pentecost? They took knowledge of them because they saw the boldness of Peter and the other disciples and knew they had been with the Lord. Something had been exchanged. Fear had been exchanged for power. Amen? You see, that the whole book of Acts is probably the least read book in the whole Bible. 
You want to know what you look like? Start right there and see what happened right in the first part of the book of Acts. Okay. I'm getting pretty close to where I quit last time. All right, here we go. You ready? Jesus told his disciples that it was better for him to go away so he could, they could be exchanged for the Holy Spirit. On that first Easter morning, as he came to his disciples and breathed on them, he said, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. He said, Whosoever sins you remit, they're remitted. Whosoever sins you retain, they're retained. That's the authority of the church. He breathed, they received the Holy Spirit. And I believe actually that was the day they received being born again. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. What happened when they were saved in the New Testament? Romans 10, 9 says, If you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, and you believe in your heart that God raised him from dead, you will be saved. That's when 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Genesis 2, 7, it says, God breathed the breath of life in man, and man became a living soul, suke. You know what eternal life is? Zoe suke means you got a new mind, a new will, and new emotion. I've come that you might have life, a new mind, new will, new emotion. It's his mind, his will, his emotion. That's abundant life. That's what Jesus came to give us. Amen. Whoo! All right. 1 Corinthians 6, 19 says, Do you not know that your body is the temple for the Holy Spirit? who is in you, whom you have received of God. And your body is not your own. It's been bought with a price. So glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's, 1 Corinthians 6. So there is now, therefore, no condemnation to those that are what? In Christ, who walk not after the flesh, but after the what? For as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God, being led by the Spirit. See, it's more than just getting your fire insurance and going to heaven when you die. It's giving your life, surrendering your whole mind, will, and emotion and receiving his life into you and allow him to direct your path. Yeah, you may make your plans, but if you're being led to the Spirit, he'll direct your steps. Give me an amen. 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 We have an advocate in heaven for us. Jesus said, I'm going to be an advocate. We have an advocate on earth. We have two of them. So we are covered. Is that the good news? All right. We have the Holy Spirit, and Jesus is at the right hand of the Father to plead in our behalf. So we have an advocate. If any man sins, we have an advocate, Jesus Christ, the righteous one, 1 John chapter 2, verse 1. We have an advocate with the Father. The Holy Spirit is our helper. Jesus said not only would he comfort us, but he would help us and he would live with us forever and, and guide our steps. There were three immediate results of the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. We're going to get there one of these days here for long. Next week we get the resurrection. On the first day of the week, Jesus rose. On the first day of the week, the Holy Spirit was given. I think he's trying to say something about the whole first day of the week. Okay, I'll leave that alone. Okay. First result. Before they didn't understand what he was saying. 
He spent 40 days talking to them concerning the things of the kingdom, trying to edify them before he went to the Father to try to teach them about the kingdom. And they said, are you going to at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And he just said, oh, man. It's not for you to know the time nor the season what the Father's put in his own hands, but you'll receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Just go into Jerusalem and wait. But see, what is the thing about the understanding? When the day of Pentecost came, he opened their understanding. See, I believe the, Holy, the, the disciples already had it because on the day of resurrection, Jesus told Mary, go tell my disciples that I'm risen, and she did. They didn't believe her. And he came into the room, walked through the wall while they were eating, scared the liver out of them. And it says he upbraided them because of their unbelief and hardness of heart. That word upbraided, you ought to look at it. That's kind of like flogging. He gave them a flogging because they didn't believe that he had risen. And then it says in Luke chapter 24, 45, you remember we just read, he breathed on them, said, receive you the Holy Spirit. This is the same time in Luke 24, 45, when it says he opened their understanding so that they might understand the scriptures. If you don't have the Holy Spirit actively working in your life, you'll never understand the Holy Scriptures. Never. The letter kills, but the Spirit gives what? Life. That's why you have to have the Holy Spirit if you're ever going to grow an inch. Amen. That was the first thing. Second thing, before they were hiding for fear, now they became extremely bold. Third, they had supernatural confirmations. When he comes, he reminds you of what I said and will teach you all things. They didn't just write the gospel based upon their memories, but the Holy Spirit made sure that everything they wrote in the gospels was truth and confirmed truth. It wasn't just something they decided to do. They didn't just write them based on their memories. It was the Holy Spirit. Paul said in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. And it's profitable, right? For anything you want to use it for. Ah, it's good. The Bible is God-breathed. The Holy Spirit never misses it. Peter was a fisherman. Do you know I was thinking about this this week, and I guess that's why I need to think talk about it. When, when, in Luke chapter 5, when Jesus was trying to preach to the multitudes and he couldn't do it, and there was Peter and the boys all cleaning their nets there on the shore. And Jesus said, may I borrow your boat? And he said, yes. So he launched out into the deep. And he preached this wonderful gospel. And then he said to Peter, let down your nets. He said, let down your nets for a drought. And Peter said, Master, we've fished all day and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net, singular, King James, net. And when he let down the net, the net broke. And Peter called all his other fishermen buddies around and said, come on in and help us. And Jesus stood and watched them fill up their boats, and their boats began to sink. And then it dawned on Peter what was happening. Peter looked at him, and he said, Depart from me, for I'm a sinful man. Because Peter got so caught up in the fact that all these fish were there that he forgot about Jesus standing in the boat. And John chapter 21, after they had received the Holy Spirit, 
Peter said, I go a fishing. And they said, I go with you. And they caught nothing. And Jesus was standing on the bank. And he was cooking fish and bread, and they were out fishing. He said, children, have you caught anything? They said, no. He said, well, cast your net on the right side. So they cast your net on the right side. All of a sudden, they had all these fish. And one of the disciples said, it's the Lord. Peter put on his robe, jumped in the water, and went to shore. And it says, and they drugged the fish to the bank in that net. And yet the net didn't break. There was 153 fish in the net. He said, bring the fish up here and count them. So they counted them. And Jesus said to Peter, catch this. Peter, do you love these fish more than you love me? Ouch. See, Peter was fishing. Jesus said to Peter, when he said, I'm a sinful man, he said, Peter, don't worry about it. From henceforth, you'll catch men. Peter forgot his calling. Peter went back to doing what he was doing before. Jesus said, Peter, do you love all these fish more than me? Lord, you know that I don't. He said, okay, feed my sheep. You know, we have a beautiful picture in Genesis 24. It was a role of the Holy Spirit. Abraham said to his eldest servant of his house that ruled over all he had, go into the country and to my kindred and take a wife for my son Isaac. Now, I want you to see this servant as the Holy Spirit. And he says, the servant took 10 camels and departed. You know how much a camel can carry? And when the Holy Spirit came down from heaven, he didn't come down empty-handed. Rebecca gave his camels water. One camel can drink 40 gallons of water, and there was 10 camels. That's about 400 gallons of water that she pulled up out of the well and watered the camels with. That's all. You need the Holy Ghost to water that much. When the servant told the message to her father, the father asked her if she would go. She said, I'll go. Mm. I'll go. All, that, all the information she had was this, and she said, I'll go. You remember when Mary said to the, to the angel, when he said, you're going to be the mother of Jesus, bent to me according to your word. Let's do it. Amen. See, that's what he's looking for. Somebody will just say, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. She said, I'll go. And he says, be it according to my word. She set out on a long, dangerous journey with the servant to guide her, to protect her. We also, as the church, are the bride and have a long journey. You know, one of the things that Marion was saying, Jesus has purified unto himself a bride. He's the one that's purified to himself the bride. And as they set out in that dangerous journey, we also, as the church, the Holy Spirit is well able to do the same for us. Furthermore, Rebecca had never seen the man she was going to marry. All she knew about Isaac was what the servant told her about him. Do you know at night sitting around the fire, Rebecca would say to the servant, tell me about him. 
See, that's what the Holy Spirit wants to reveal to you, who he really is. So the servant told her all about Isaac and showed him all things about him to the point that she knew all about him before she met him. You know, when they came into the field and Isaac was in the field looking for him when he saw her coming, it says when Rebecca saw Isaac, she lighted off a camel. That's the first place they smoked in the Bible. <laughs> I just thought I'd lighten things up a little bit. <laughs> but it says she covered herself and went into the tent and then Isaac took her to his mother's tent and he took Rebekah and she became his wife and he loved her. So he wants to tell you, and Isaac was comforted after his mother's death. Jesus said, I want to give you a comforter that will comfort you till we can someday be together. In that way. But I want to tell you something. You are complete. You're in union with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, and there's nothing. Jesus said, He that believeth into me shall never hunger. He that believeth into me shall never thirst. You as a Christian should never hunger or thirst. You have the Holy One living inside you now. Heaven will be okay, but you have it all right now. You have been filled with all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you are now complete in him who is the head of all principalities and power. That's why I believe we're going to see a fresh, fresh, fresh moving of the Holy Spirit like we've never seen. Like you've never seen. Because the Holy Spirit's going to become more alive to the church than it's ever been before. Because he's got to prepare a bride for his coming. And without the Holy Spirit, the church will not be ready for his coming. Amen. 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 Father, thank you for your word. And we thank you, Lord, for that wonderful gift. Thanks be in God. Thanks be to God for his unspeakable gift. And Lord, we thank you for what you've done. We appreciate it so much. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Finished it. It is finished. Okay. Oh, now, stand up. Well, the Lord blesses you, and he's keeping you, and he's caused his face to shine upon you, and has been gracious to you. The Lord has lifted up his countenance unto you, and given you the Holy Spirit, and given you his peace. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, you are dismissed.